Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor Kay. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you heard a podcast or two before from the Great Day Podcast, well, thank you so much for tuning back in and for your support. And it's easy to support the podcast. You just got to hit that subscribe button. And uh, you can comment, you can rate it, you can share it with your friends and family. If you find any value in the podcast, it goes along long way. Now, before we jump into the podcast and who we have and all the incredible content, I want to give a big shout out to dailygiving.org, who are an organization that is helping nonprofits profits raise money every single day. Now, it's simple. It's easy. Go to dailygiving.org and you let them know I sent you, Mayor Kay. And what it is, is you simply sign up for one, you come in into $1 a day, $1 a day, less than a coffee, less than pretty much anything that you're spending it for that day. And you forget about it. And every single day, $1 is given to charity. Now, it may not seem a lot to you, but collectively, they're giving over $6,500 a day to charity. That's over $2.5 million a year. And you don't have to think about it. It's there. It's happening. You get an email every single day letting you know which charity that is for that day, who's getting the money, how much. They're totally transparent. You go to dailygiving.org, you can see exactly where the money is going to, how much. It's all there. No secrets. It's right there for you to know. And daily giving takes nothing. Every dollar goes straight to Sadaqa, goes straight to charity, to nonprofits that are doing holy work in this world. So go ahead, check out dailygiving.org. Let them know Mayor Kay sent you. Thank you very much for supporting, for going, and for just bringing a little bit more light into this world. Now, today's guest on the podcast is... God Albaz. That's right. God Albaz started his singing career at the age of four years old. I didn't know how to talk till I was like five. I mean, this guy was singing at four. That's incredible. And over the years, I've gotten to know this man. I mean, I remember hearing Halayla Hazman. Halayla Hazman. He's an incredible singer, internationally known, travels the world, spreading light through his gifts of singing. And, um, Today we have him and we delved into some incredible, I mean, yes, his career and, and so many behind the scenes of his music, but also his personal life. He has a lot of, to offer, a lot of life experience. And I was inspired by our conversation. I've firsthand gotten to know, not just through his music as a fan, but through the years working on his music videos, working on set, working at different events with him. And he's really an A-plus a plus of a guy. So it was really an honor and a privilege to hang out with my friend, God Abbas. I do truly hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, go ahead, give it a like, give it a share. And uh, without further ado, here's God Abbas. Wow, what an honor to have God Elbaz, an old-time friend here on the podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? Yes, I know Mayor when he first hosted a concert of mine, uh-huh. and I fell in love with you since then, and I just to see you grow and making a lot of people happy is my Jewish pride. Seriously, mm. I'm so proud, proud of you, and the fact that you invited me to this podcast it's it's an honor for me. I've heard you already interviewed a lot of people. Yeah, God, it's been yeah. Thank God, it's the podcast, the Great Day podcast has been growing a lot. But having you on it has been a uh, has been a dream of mine for a while. So I'm happy we're doing it. And I remember you first time when I, I spent a year in Israel learning in yeshiva when I was 18 years old, and okay. I was brought to a private intimate concert with God Elbaz and with uh, my friend was Zevi Felig. 
And his oh, father was, um, yeah, it was Shlaimi, exactly. And so it was a very intimate, closed setting. It was, I was like, wow, it was so, imp-. and it was a black tie event, really nice, really special. And it was the first time seeing you live, and you blew me out of the water. You blew me out of the water. It this was- is when I was probably 22 or you know, 24 years old, something like that. How old are you now? Uh, 31. Oh, so, so I was 27, something like that. 20 wow. more. More 28. So the thing is, the Felic family, uh, the Chabatskas, um, Shlomo Felic uh, started my career. Uh, not not, not in, in Israel, because I'm always, since I'm nine, but outside of Israel and, and, and expanding into the Jewish market, bigger and wider, Shlomo Felic How did he help you with that? How, how was that connection? So... Um, I came, I, I, I spent uh, Shabbat in Miami because of his brother. Uh, he's having a bar mitzvah and, and they listened to my album and they gave me a call. They invited me for the bar mitzvah and I spent Shabbat and he asked me, what's your dream? I told him to unite Sephardim and Ashkenaz Jews, religious, non, non-religious. And uh, he said, you're dreaming, never going to happen. Wow. And in Israel, in Israel was a big, it, it was very, very strong. Even today, it's starting to come back, unfortunately. Uh, but then back in the days, it was a big division between Sephardim and Ashkenazim, and more so religious and non-religious. And my dream was to do duets and bring modern music to the religious world and bring spiritual music to the non-religious people. So I, I did all kind of collaboration. I'm the first, I would say I'm the Nachshon Ben Aminadav in the entire um, Jewish music industry to take all the flames and fire and, and arrow uh, against uh, pop Jewish music, basically. Uh, I mean, you've, you've, yeah. had, you've, had your, you've had some pushback earlier on your career. Do you feel like as an artist, your music was misunderstood? Apparently, after me seeing the vision and after a few years, I realized in the beginning, I thought I'm doing something wrong because there were so many rabbis against me, extremist rabbis I'm talking about, not Chabad, of course, mm. and I didn't see the vision. I've seen the vision and I had my own rabbis to follow me, but I got cold feeted. But the more I got cold feeted and I wanted to stop, Hashem showed me that that's what I need to do. Many miracles in my career, many, many, like, uh, Hashem's like sending me messages. And throughout time, I saw that that's what Hashem wants. Literally, he wants me to continue and grow and even do more modern music and bring, because slowly the internet and everything from MySpace to uh, TikTok. Yeah, Facebook to TikTok today. So, so you see that the world needed it, religious and non-religious. That's the only way. What do you, what, how have you seen, uh, like you say modern music, how do you differentiate between what's modern and what isn't? What do you think that's caught, like the drop-off is when people so hear like, this depends, is, this depends, is modern music. Depends on, depends on the year what we're talking about. So when I was releasing my first album, Meanings, uh, the first song that succeeded was Alayla Zazman and Anna Obafer. What year was that? That was 2005. Um, Alada Zazman was a hip-hop song with rap, the first hip-hop beat and rap in the Jewish religious radio stations. Yeah, I rocked out to that, man. Alayla Zazman. Oh, yeah. It was like Middle East with some Tarbuka and all that. And and there was only Hasidic music back back in the day. 
And the only alternative was rock, you know? So they categorized my music as alternative music, not even pop, they were afraid to call it that. Back in the days, that, that was what, what's this, but I'm always keeping on track what's going on in the Nadrish world in order to, to bring out good, good uh, you know, like production and production value and, and always be working with the best of the best in music industry in order to always be up in the game the same way that the, that the non-Jewish artists are doing. And today I'm even expanding to, to the non-Jewish world by my own spiritual music. And I'm working on a new album. It's gonna be uh, a Unity album that I'm working on, collaborating with a non-Jewish artists that wanna spread message of love, unity, and peace. Um, that's a side note to my Hebrew album that I'm gonna be finished very soon. Wow. So, I mean, let's go back a bit. You grew up in a house of music and singing. Your dad is a very well-known singer, uh, Benny Elbaz. Uh, was there, was that sort of thing that was placed upon you from a very young age? You always knew you wanted to sing. Was there something else that perhaps, you know, as a child that you wanted to so, do? And... My first music video was when I was four years old. It's called wow. About Time Live. My dad didn't let me any choice and he made me a, a singer the second I started even talking. <laughs> you sang before you talked. Yeah, so that was a song by Lena Ritchie. Uh, Hello, isn't me looking for? So yes, so wow. I remember I remember myself singing English music back all my life. I just loved it. Um, so the background of me music, I had seriously no 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 choice. And then there's the famous story of me uh, having having um, clinical death and coming back to life and. I don't know if you know the story. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say, I know as a child you lost consciousness and your dad like, made a promise to Hashem, to God, to come back, and you saw things. Like, what transpired? Yeah. What so, happened there? So let's do it fast. I was nine and a half years old. My dad became religious. My mom didn't want to keep Shabbat. Do it, do it slow. People who were listening could always two times it. So, you know. <laughs> gotcha. okay. So I, I, my mom didn't want to be religious at all. We didn't do nothing before that. My dad suddenly came with the beard from America after a year that I didn't see him um, and and boom, he became religious and we all need to, needed to tap in, but my mom didn't want, they want to get divorced. It was the last Shabbat after them getting divorced. And that Shabbat, I was outside playing with some friends of mine and um, we had a running how old, contest. How old were you guys? I was nine, and some, nine something and running contest. And then it was down the hill and I hit the side of the curve right here. And it was so strong that I was knocked out. And then the paramedics came and they, 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 there was no pulse and they put the blanket on me. And my dad lifted me from them, screaming, I'm not Abraham Avinu, it was the same parashat Ashavua of Akedat Yitzchak. So he said, I'm not Abraham Avinu, don't take my son. During that time, I've heard every single thing. I've seen myself, I've seen my dad, I've seen the paramedics, I've seen everything. And I went up and I came down. What I saw was, a big rabbi coming to me and tells me, this is not your time with a smile, but promise you, you're going to sing for Hashem and Barach. For Hashem and Barach. I woke up, Motzeh Shabbat, I told my dad what I've seen, what I've heard. And my dad was looking all over the books, all over the pictures to show me some rabbis. And we stopped in the Baba Sali. Baba Sali, uh, I don't know if you know, but his last name, I didn't know. His last name was Elbaz. The entire Abu Chatzar family are Elbaz. Ah, wow, so I knew it. So we are connected in the same family uh, bloodline. 
So they say that first you, you're visiting, uh, the vi uh, get the relatives that visit you. So I'll be honest with you, when I was 16 years old, I was performing till I was 16 in every, every place possible in Israel, from, from stadiums to every, 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 just every, every place with big rabbis, the Moetzet Chachemat Orav, the Ashkenaz, Moetzet Chachemat Orav, the Sephardim. I was singing on the laps of Rav Kadure and the laps of Rav Yosef. And when I was 16 years old, I felt the pressure of being religious. Going to, from school to school, we started in a non-religious school. Then Mamlachti Dati, Dati Lumi, and then Chabad for four years, and then a hardcore Sephardic Yeshiva. And I felt choked. Everybody's looking at me, why I don't know Gemara. They don't know, I just became religious. I don't know nothing. I don't know Brachot. I don't know nothing. Slowly tapped in. I learned in Chabad Chassidus. I was, uh, belonged to Rav Avadi Yosef. So Chabad hated Rav Avadi Yosef back then. So I was bullied and I became aggressive and became violent. And I remember myself being a singer, famous, and not be able to go sing in the choir hmm. because everybody was jealous of me. So the, 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 the teacher said, you're not singing. And I felt like I, an outsider since I'm a little kid. And you know me, I'm very friendly. Yeah. But I wasn't then. I was so blocked. I was the son of Beni Elbaz. People, people are asking, what Gemara are you learning? Like this, like that, you know, teasing me. And when I was 16 years old, I wanted to run away from all of it. And I did. And I asked my dad to stop singing. And he agreed. I started wearing jeans, wearing T-shirts. According to Yeshiva, was wrong, uh, and, and I was off the derech. Okay, I was I was keeping Shabbat and putting at Tefillin, but I was going out and had uh, uh, friends, girls' friends, and male friends, and going out. I used to go salsa dancing. I used to do whatever I wanted to do. Those two years, my dad was smart enough to leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Those two years, I worked on a non-religious album. This is the first time people hear it. And I was about to release it. Hmm. And it was, uh, back in the day, it was on, on tapes. You know, on the... Yeah, on the, sure, the cassettes. Yeah, but before that, you recorded in a big... I don't know, I said that in English. Like, uh, like back in this, it's called like films. Like you film. So if, if this goes or disappears or go on fire, like happened to me, it's gone. So what happened, the entire studio, recording studio went on fire. Oh, wow. Okay? And all my material of one year and a half working in the studio, spending $70,000 went to nothing. Oh, my God. And yeah, I saw that as wow. a sign. And I started becoming more closer to Hashem. And then wanted to learn, wanted to listen. Then slowly, um, I've seen uh, my friends dating non-religious girls and i saw the differences between uh when everything is allowed to to the beauty of modesty to the beauty of a family and judaism and all that i started loving it i said that's how i want to it says in hebrew uh, um, whatever you want to be become you will be if you want to become pure you have to have help because just go and you drop. It's like walking on, on a bridge. And if you want to fall down, they're just going to take one, 
bar and you're just falling and falling and falling. Listen, to go up, you need help. So slowly I became more religious. And then I took upon myself every single thing. I, I started praying for my Zivug and I got married very, very young. And I released my first uh, album was uh, Light in the End of the Tunnel. After, before that was Lech B'tachim my last album being, you know, like more uh, under the, my dad's wings. And then Light in the End of the Tunnel when I became religious. Um, and then I got married and I released Meaning and then my career boosted to the sky. But it was always because I was, I was learning in every Jewish school you can possibly think of. And I always needed to adjust to new friends. So I, I realized there's no difference between my non-religious friend that I know for life and my friend from Yeshiva. They are the same kid, literally. And it's oh. all structure and all rules that has nothing to do with the person himself. Something is off in the way religion is being presented and the way that uh, people judge one another. So I decided that I'm going to take it upon myself to just bring more unity in the Jewish nation. People thought I'm crazy. Throughout the years, I managed to do that. And I did the first concert in Caesarea, religious and not religious. Uh, I took other singers upon myself to make them famous. Uh, from from Itzik Olev to Isha Ribo to, to uh, Hanan Benari coming to, to consult with me how to start his non-religious career, uh, Nisi Black, and et cetera, et cetera. And I just took upon myself how we create more soldiers that spread spiritual music in the non-religious world and how we create more pop in the religious world. So it will be amazing to come to a concert for a religious uh, event. So before I started and, and took huge risks, nobody was doing it. Everybody was afraid. From Freed to Shweki to whoever you name it. Everybody was afraid to make those steps to do it to now religious, to take Kesaria and then take uh, uh, Yadeliao and go go big and not, not think small. And the production was always top notch. Yes. And, Dancers, and, uh, lights. And I, brought it, and I brought it to New York then and I brought it to Paris and I brought it to many, many places. And that was my theme. How do we make a better Jewish entertainment? Mm -hmm. So today, there is so many out there. And I'm I also, so I also don't know if anybody, people. any other singer has as many music videos as yours too. I mean, you're, when I'm it comes to entertainment, you just push, man. I'm, I I'm mean, not. I worked at a few of them with you back in the day. Open up. Danny Finkelman was so kind earlier on in my career, bringing me on as PA and production assistants. And a bunch of those video shoots was, was working with you till late at night in uh, various yeah. locations, man. A lot of fun. But it's, um, but yeah, I remember, always remember your work ethic, always working hard. And, yeah, so I, I got to be honest with you and with all your, your amazing viewers. In the last uh, three years, I took a break and I was lost. I was going through a uh, uh, divorce from the love of my life, uh, the woman that started everything with me. But slowly we grew apart and I realized me traveling, me this hurt my entire family. When she wanted to work on it, I was busy with my life. When I wanted to work on it, she was already in another place and we're just in a different timeline. Mm -hmm. We both we both regret the fact that we didn't have any anyone guiding us. It was just us against the world. Uh, I want to take 
this opportunity to tell people before they make any big decisions like that, they have to go through every single thing like they're losing a family member. That's how bad it is. And is that what? So what are the, some of the challenges, the, the challenges of being the singer, being the singer that you were, the international singer, put a massive stress on family life. That's one of the prices yes. to pay. And when I got divorced, I'm going to tell you a beautiful story. When I got divorced, I was so angry at Hashem. I was like, Zotora, 16 years I've been loyal to one woman. Yes, I've been tested a million times, so don't get me wrong, but, but how come serving you through music when I had options to be signed by Sony BMG and get $5 million a year and $50,000 a month just being signed with major lab labels back then? And I said no to anything, just to serve Hashem with music. And that's the, the outcome. Sorry for being like serious right now, but I think people should be. This is this is this is the kind of conversation we have I on know, the podcast. I know, I know. So so I, I, I was telling Hashem, that's what music brought me to. Family is everything. He was crying when we got divorced. That's what he says. That is rising and then sitting on the floor when someone that is that the Zivug is so high and spiritual. So I was crying and I was talking to Hashem, please show me a sign that that's what I need to do. I don't want that to happen to me again. I know now we're in different worlds and she's not for me and I'm not for her, but it wasn't supposed to be that way. Or if it was supposed to be that way, show me that you want me to do music. You want me to spread more. And I was lost. I was depressed. I couldn't do anything. The first uh, three years of the divorce procedure, I, I did it, devoted everything to my marriage. Just stopped performing, took only specific things, didn't travel, um, stayed in America, moved everything everything here. Um, was that you trying uh, to salvage salvage the marriage or is that yeah. just the... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there was no one there to work with. When, when she wanted to work on it, I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I got married when I was 20 years old. So so you're you're a child in every single thing, and then you boom, done, dipping in, in in the entire entertainment world, and thinking to change the world, and you're forgetting that you have a home and you have a you have a wife to give. And so I mature a little bit later when it comes to a family man. But today, Baruch Hashem, I am what I am because of that. I'm an amazing dad. I was an amazing husband, and and I can influence a lot of people by my stories in general and advise them. So that moment when I got divorced, I went in a car, weeping my heart out to Hashem, crying literally like I never did before. And I asked him for a sign, for a sign, show me you there. Um, and I'm looking in my phones, I'm looking at pictures of my kids and my ex-wife and everything and how. Then I got an email. See an email? It says stronger. I went inside. I go inside. In Hebrew, it says, okay? I go into that email. I read the lyrics that have been sent to me from a, from a person that never sent me every song, ever songs. He's a composer and a writer in Israel. Nobody knows him. Send me this song. I read the lyrics. 
you send me two songs. One is me Ma'amakim from the depth. One is Yoter Chazak. I read the emails, both of them, the lyrics, and I realize Hashem is with me. I heard the songs. I started crying. It says, um, let me love today because my heart was sinking down in an ocean. Let me lie my soul again because my, my, my blood was frozen. Music is my only healer. It's, 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 just, it's just like, and that's one song. And then the, the next one, even more strong than that, a direct, direct talk from Hashem. Those two songs, I released them. You can check them out on YouTube. One is called Yuteh Chazak, Stronger, and one is Mima Makim. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized I have to become stronger. It took me a year to recover. I'm now in my second year of divorce. And Baruch Hashem, I took upon myself so many things to do. Um, Before you, I, I want to hear more about the things that you do, but I think it's just a, an interesting, I mean, topic. I think you, you're so open about your, this chapter of your life. And I'm, I'm sure many people were wondering where you were and like you're producing with so long and to share such a vulnerable part of you. I want to acknowledge you for sharing that. But there's also a massive stigma around divorce and like for you to come out and open and talk about that. Where did you get the, the courage to do something like that? And, and what do you hope so to- So I see, I'll tell you why. First of all, whoever knows me knows that I'm an open book, sometimes too much. But I spoke to my ex-wife a month ago. We decided we want to share with people um, to save other people's marriage. And also to make people understand when you get divorced, it's not, she's not your enemy. She's your family forever. He's your family forever. You're going to be tied into each other. People ruins, ruin people's life because of divorce. They're not letting see the kids. This one is this. They're going to kidnapping. This one is that. This one is money issues. This, it's like, whoa, one of, both of you gave everything you gave 10 years, 6 years, 10 years, 20 years, out of your life to the person that you were sleeping next to all your life. I don't care what it is. We're still human beings. Like Ben Adam Lachavero comes first in your circle. If you will harm her, your kids will be harmed. You need to think about what your kids going to have go through. So we decided we're going to go meet her and have a podcast with, uh, with a big rabbi that it does. I don't want to say name now because we're working on it and share some insight of marriage and divorce mm. and answering questions that nobody's there to ask and answering questions, you know? Beautiful. Um, so what yeah. Of, what kind of, what, I mean, we'll love to hear the podcast, but what kind of tips now? Because I mean, you, you had a situation where you yourself, had, it's unusual to be a, an international singer that you were traveling a lot. But do you, from your experience, what kind of uh, advice would you say to help if something is building with an attention rising or not? What, what are some tips you would say to help communication, what helps with marriage or relationship that's so intimate to help fortitude and build on? First of all, everything that happens to us happens for a reason. Memes. If you got married young, it happened for a reason. If Maybe if I would have not gotten married young, I would never be married. You, you don't, and, and you don't have even kids. And then when you do get married, you're married to the wrong person. There is a bugosh 40 days, bat noni, lip noni, okay? 
This is, is a must. It's part of the path. There's only few very, very rare situations that someone else is going to come and take your, your zivu. Why? Because you're not in the same level you're supposed to be when she's ready or when he's ready. And then someone, a gil, a convert, is praying enough and she's not, and she's ready and, and he's not. And then someone else come and then he takes your own zivu. But mainly, most of the time, the teva that God created is bat ploni le ploni. And whatever reason it is, maybe because of Gilgul Kodem or because of something that you need to bring a kid to the world. Sometimes it's without love. Sometimes it's with tremendous con uh, connection. Sometimes Zivuk Shani is better than Zivuk Rishon. Because let's remind everyone that Yaakov Avinu, his first Zivuk was Leah, but he truly loved this, his second Zivuk. That was Rachel. So we don't know Cheshbon, Cheshbon of Kadosh Baruch mm. So everything that happens to us has happened for a reason. That's, put, let's put it there. Now, when that is happening, means I mean, I meant to be with her. If Hashem is, was in my, in my marriage and he kissed both of us and he united those souls, I need to do my part and be like Hashem and give without taking. That's, the, that's how you become a better person. Why we are being commanded to get married marriage if no religion i would never get married between me and you what do you mean why what is what judaism wants from you to be a better version of yourself you can never be a better version of yourself when you are alone you cannot be alone you i'm gonna i'm gonna give you someone that's gonna be ezer to help you and also against you means connect though means she's gonna tap in, she's going to be the mirror of your flaws, and she's going to say it, but she needs to know also how to say it. The same way that he gives, she needs to give. A man is a sun, a woman is the moon. Means, according to Kabbalah, he's a light, she is reflecting his light. When it's dark, she is supposed to light more. Means, she needs to guide him. She needs to tell him when he doesn't know where to go. She is his guidance, but her, her, her source is his light, the sun. That's her source. She should never forget that. When he is not there, she's nothing. When she doesn't reflect the light, he's nothing. It's, and and there's, there's a male and a female. If, if the roles are changing, like in this generation, that's not marriage right, right away. And then there's something also. The main thing is to remember that we need to act like Hashem and to be good. Netina molidava. I started loving my wife when I decided that that's what I do. That's, that's my profession now. Now I need to give in order for her to see that I have unconditional love. And my love grew to her so much, even though she never gave me love back in the last years. So, giving netina molidava. That's the only way to succeed marriage. Mm. And to know that she's the one. He is the one. Whatever I'm thinking, it's out of the... Now, if becomes a... Uh, battle zone and, and then the kids are this, 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 this destruction so you go you try to work on it 
as much as you can. And then if it doesn't, it doesn't. It means it's min mind not to happen. I needed my own answers for a year looking for Hashem from answers. If that, 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 that was what was supposed to happen, and then Hashem shows you, yes, it was supposed to happen. Now I'm creating so much more. Now I'm doing so much more. I'm more focused. I'm more, I'm more, I'm better father. My kids are healthy. Beautiful. Wow. wow. I still didn't find the one yet. Uh, um, is God Abba's on the market? If those who are listening, if people want to know. <laughs> God is on the market. Uh-huh. All right. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all well, ladies. I just take it. Um, <laughs> so well, I appreciate you sharing that, God. And I think there's a lot of uh, wealth of knowledge that you just experienced. And now through that, people could, um, could learn from that experience. What is, um, what's something people don't, wouldn't know about you from just following you on Instagram? People don't know that I'm a very sensitive human being. People think I'm all glamour and all that. Um, very spiritual, very deep. Uh, everything that I do that it's colorful is to bring Kedusha in colorful ways. So some of some people understand that message and some people take it and, and say, eh, he's not religious enough, eh. People judge very judgmental. Um, that's number one. Number two, you don't know that I know how to cook. After uh, I got divorced, I became an amazing. Uh, I have experienced uh, God's cooking uh, last summer. Wow. Wow. Yes. I must say that I'm expanding my brand for spices. I'm expanding my brand to, to brandy, which you low. Um, suits and I'm doing the first doco reality Jewish uh, uh, doco reality show. Series. You're doing yeah, a, show. Doc, a doc show, reality show. Yes, and it's going to be called The Shah Bus. Wow. And is yeah. it going to be if you're the, following your journey? From- it's going to be following this a song that's going to be called Good Chavez. It's going to be a smashing hit. Like, I'm telling you, like, you don't even have. You don't even can can capture. I don't want to t- say much because it's a. It's throw a, us a bone. A, throw us a bone, God. Throw us a bone. Give us something. It's an old song, of someone extremely famous in the entire universe. That we took it, and we made it cooked, like cool, TikTok, so wow. cool that the entire Jewish kids were just gonna dance for it. Wow. And the music video start with the bus that we're being stuck in the middle of the road and it's soon to be Shabbos and I have my entire crew, my chef, my my musical producer, my friends. Each and every one of them looks different. Yeah, okay? has got to be in this bus. Come on, hook it up. So, 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 so I'm going to hook it up. <laughs> so uh, we're going to stop and then we're suddenly in, like a, in a, a religious, hardcore, Haredi neighborhood. We didn't even realize because we were driving, you know? And we're knocking on the door and I'm knocking on the door and then the little kid opens up with his face and then he screams, Tati, God is here. And then, and then he said, God, God help us. And then he opens the door, he sees, not just me, he sees a crew of 10 people. And all of us look so different. And one is with his girlfriend, one is with his tattoos, one is this, it's like a whole, it's one Hasidic guy that eats when nobody's watching. It's hilarious. It's going to be the most funniest music video in the, that ever been 
on film and you are master on this and i'm telling you speak up one thing and finkelman together it's it's insane <laughs> um, amazing uh, after the after shabbat we need to buy a new shop a new bus it's going to be the shabbat it comes and wrapped and it looks like amazing and after the shabbat we're going to take that shabbat and we're going to tour coast to coast wow. we're going to film it and we're going to do free concerts in, in major cities host artists from every city going to go to uh religious families ashkenaz teaching we're going to have a rabbi on on board a chef uh entertainers and a dj and we're all traveling together and guest chefs gonna cook on people's houses uh, Moroccan fish to Ashkenaz the filter fish to Sephardi and and Christian people that never knew what it is just to show them give them an idea to see how the reaction we're promoting Shabbos that's the idea to take Shabbat elevate it to remind people that that's what it is all about mm-hmm. and to promoting that so people will keep Shabbat wow. and there is one And, and, and yeah, traveling that, filming it, and then making an amazing YouTube series uh, on that. Um, after that, Bezrat Hashem Yitbarach, the Shabbos will, we're raising money to, but the Shabbos will be in a few locations in the United States and Israel to deliver free food from all kinds of restaurants that give it to the Shabbos, and the Shabbos is basically distributing it. And uh, after a year of donating all of that, It's going to be the Shabbos app that you can know everything about Shabbat, Shulet Torah, uh, caterings uh, for Shabbat. Everything's going to be in one website. So this is the, the, the project that we're working on right now. And the next two months, it's going to go. Wow. God, that's insane. That's ins- and before we start recording, you, you have so many other projects that you're working on, which I would love for you to share now. But, and I, I would love for you to share that and then also answer the question is, how do you manage so many different brands? Because some people know, only know you as God the singer, right? God Alba is a singer, Hashem Melech. But you have all these different pot, hands so in different I, pots. I have, I have a record label. I present artists through the record label. I have a PR company, Hoshen, that we release uh, songs to, to the Jewish world. Um, I have, I'm opening because I want to impact the world. I want to leave a mark. And since I know myself, so I'm opening the first Jewish art school, uh, for girls first this year, uh, here in Miami, it's called Yotzero. Uh, it's going to be an open house on the 18th. Um, not on the next week, Sunday, 20, when is it? I forgot. So opening the first Jewish art school at the top of, of every category. People will learn about the business, entertainment, and also how to market yourself, not just become an artist. And for whoever is not fit to a regular school can always be open house for us, always. We will find something um, that I'm proud of to present. Besides that, uh, another huge thing that I'm working on besides the Shabbat work. And I, I always have partners. I cannot do everything alone, so I need I have ideas, but I need people to actually make it happen. So my partner on Shabbos is uh, DJ KLMN, Kalman, Harry Wolchok. Uh, then we're doing it together. Uh, Yotzero is Nitsa. Uh, she's uh, the, 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 uh, the president of the school and the rabbi uh, Korf, uh, Chabad. And um, I have another amazing thing that I'm working on. It's called the Shefa House. 
here in Miami. It's going to be the first exclusive uh, membership uh, high-end place uh, for young young Jews to for singles events, rabbis uh, events, uh, uh, Shabbatonim, uh, the Shefa House live band, wow. and those always be activities throughout the weekend here in Miami. It's a big thing that I'm working on. Shefa House will have uh, also Shabbatonim hotels and, and also Pesach program next year. It's going to be a whole uh, a whole thing together with Paltiel, Paltiel that represents Zusha. So I have a crew for all my big things that I'm working on and working on international non-Jewish collaboration with artists Wow! and releasing God. this year my album. Wow. Wow. That's a mouthful. That's incredible. And we, we experience lots of hatzlacha and success in all those endeavors that you're doing. So to wrap this up, God, uh, before we get to the last question, what's the, what's a proud moment, one of your proudest moments of milestones in your career to date? That's a hard one. I'll tell you why. In my nature, I'm, I'm always looking at what's next. Like, okay, next. What's next? Um, I'm proud of myself for staying human. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Because success comes and goes. Fan comes and goes. They grow with you. Some of them change and you always need to be on top on the next thing to know that it's all him to know that everything can be taken away from you is my biggest gift mm. yeah i love that i love that i love that i i do have one i mean i have I, before i end up the last question though i do want to ask to someone who's young who has a young passion i know you starting a school but what is it that you um, could tell somebody, a listener who uh, has a passion? Perhaps it's not necessarily with music, but something else in the arts um, or, they, or even a business. What's a, a life lesson that you've, that's worked for you, a tool that you have used to, to keep on going? My motivation is inspiration. Means if you feel that you, you think that you're good, and eventually doesn't inspire means either you're not in the right place mentally to inspire or you're not good in what you think you are good. So I think harsh. That was harsh. Yes, that was blunt. I think, first of all, understand if you're good enough because being an entertainer or in in art, if you're not good enough, you're going to suffer a long time. And if even if even you're gonna figure if you're gonna succeed, and I know a lot of people that succeed without being a huge talent, mazal and all that, it won't last. It won't last. And if it won't last, it will hurt who you are. It will destroy you from many angles. You have to be ready to inspire. If you're not inspiring, who needs you as an artist? Means art in Hebrew is aman, omanut. Mazel omanut. Aman is amen. When we want to say bracha, and we sign with amen, only an artist, aman, can actually take from this world, bring it up, and from the upper world, bring it down. He's the first vessel to actually bring creation, omanut, 
to this world because he's direct channel to Hashem Barach. If he's channeling the wrong thing, he can destroy the world. If he's channeling the right thing, he can this. But he needs to be a real artist. That's All right. Is. Wow. God, Elvis. So much for our Torah on this. We, we hardly talked about music. We talked about everything but music. There's so much depth to you, man. Um, love I really, you, man. I love lot. you too. This is I the great, this is, you. this is the great day podcast. So I do have to end off with asking you, what is a great day for you? What is a great day for me? Yeah. When it's full with activities, full with work, that everything has to do somehow with my personal development with making people happy and making God proud. That's the perfect day. Beautiful, beautiful. You're an incredible human man. It's good to know you. I can't wait to see you. Love you. you. Can't wait to dance at your wedding and you'll dance on mine. Zat Hashem. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Thank you, God Elbaz, for making the time to hop on and sharing all that you are with us today. If you like this, subscribe to the podcast, share it, rate it. It goes a long way. And of course, a big shout out to dailygiving.org the one-stop shop for you to give to charity every single day, helping many nonprofits, many organizations that are doing holy work in this world. It's a buck a day. It's easy. It's simple to sign up dailygiving.org. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor Kay and have a great day.